the one we have waited our entire lives for. Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money show episode 86. Like the hands of a Rolex watch, you just don't stop. I am your host, Mike Copenhaver, also known as Real Mike. You can follow me on Don't Cope Just Win on Twitter. Also, I'm joined by my producer of the show uh, and co-host, T. Welcome, T. Hey, what's up, everybody? Glad to be here again. Had a good weekend. Yeah, we're stoked to be here to talk about the domination from the UFC and the MMA for Money team in general with prime time hitting the NASCAR race on Saturday and then closely coming on thir- on th- Sunday, we got second and third, which was a heartbreaker, but it is what it is. But shout out to prime time for hitting that NASCAR race on Saturday for the premium subscribers. So like I always say, go to MMAformoney.com and get yourself a NASCAR package because I, I promise you will pay for each and every uh, you know holiday of the year. And so with that said, you know, we're gonna. I just want to shout out to our sponsors. The first sponsor I like to shout out is uh, M E L I N Brand Hats, Melon Brand. Uh, it's a dope line of luxury ha- hats that's uh, just unlike any other kind. Whether it's the material they use or the little intricacies that uh, about the whole thing, there's just so many cool little details. So go get yourself a dope uh, luxury hat. And then secondly, I'd like to shout out the newest uh, member of the sponsorship. It's Fokai Stuff. F O K A I Stuff.com. Uh, it's the Guamalian gear. It's uh, the best fight gear that there is out of Guam and just gear, period. Um, a huge fan, have been since ever since, and that's one of their slogans. My brother used to sport them back in the day over in San Diego Undisputed. Herman Toronto, sponsored by him down there, is also a Guamanian, so shout out to him, as always, who runs the Game Bread, uh, Undispute, or Game Bread Dispute uh, training facility. Sorry for the little stutter. And uh, last but not least, uh, happy 420 to all those out there. Uh, my S third sponsor is split seeds amsterdam and today's a perfect day to shout them out because it's a 420 so they're having a 20 percent off sale across their entire site so if you use the promo code 4 colon 20 you can get 20 percent off all your genetics so go give them a shout out and so with that said i'd like to just you know thank each and every one of you for being here all you live that are listening the 60 plus of you uh jamie moose 1032 uh jackie girl every single one of you is supporting 61 of you live already here um, we're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about past action from last weekend. Um, Jake Paul uh, took on, uh, you know, Ben Askren. And it was, uh, you know, like I said, if you go back at, like, many, many uh, shows ago when we discussed it, I said, you know, Ben Askren's pillow soft. He ain't that guy, man. I mean, he's suspect and there's just there's no way I'm going to trust him. And sure as shit, man, it was just a uh, it looked what to me looked like a fixed fight. But I, I don't know, man. You, you you tell me that this guy that, uh, you know, T's going to pull up here you know, with this little you look at him. That's Jake Paul. If you're watching video, hits him right there playing Tigger. It looks like it look, my, my girl doesn't even look that skinny, bro. I don't even know how he got into that. Suit. So I, I cannot believe that, that he did that. But I knew that, you know, Ben Askren was in trouble. So what do you think about that, T? Uh, man, that fight had to be fixed, dude. I, I'm telling you, I've seen Ben Askren 
get his face beat into the UFC mat by Robbie Lawler and get right back up. And then I think he ended up choking him out or something that fight. So I, there's no way with a boxing gloves on, padded gloves, that unless Askren just completely fell off the face of the earth. But at yeah. first round, that's just too fishy for me. But it is what it is. Yeah, man, it looked like he just sat there with his head just just leaning into it. And so um, it is what it is, man. I told you the the, uh, the size advantage was going to be a real thing. So uh, Ben Askren was not the guy to save us. And uh, so I don't know how he represented MMA, but somehow he got tagged that. And we, we took an L last weekend. But what we didn't take an L with was in the UFC 261 Whitaker versus Gastelum. Um, there was some there were some decent fights uh, on the card. It wasn't the best card overall, but uh, it definitely was a uh, – it was worth watching. The first one uh, on the card was Anthony Burchek. He took on Tony Gravely, and uh, Tony Gravely, uh, you know, did made quick work of, um, made quick work of uh, my boy Anthony Burchek. We got a round two TKO, and it could have been stopped even earlier. I just, uh, it was just a bad matchup overall. And if you went to the podcast last week, I, I were fans of Anthony Burchek, so I didn't want to say anything uh, negative, but. I kind of knew it was a bad matchup for him, and then Tony Gravely was going to uh, end up just uh, dominating. So congrats to Tony Gravely for the round two TKO. And next up on the card, there was Austin Hubbard versus Dakota Bush. Uh, he got a decision and uh, decision victory. Then we had Gerald Marshall, GM3. Like I told you, please go back and listen to what I said. Fabinski, Bartos Fabinski is not about that life. Once a tapper, always a tapper. He had a past history of tapping. And so that's why last week I said, hey, GM3 is going to sub him. And that's exactly what happened. Round one, submission, GM3. So congrats to all you out there who cashed that submission uh, with a tip there. But uh, what did you think about that sub there, T? Oh, I loved it. I had the sub, ITD, and Mare's card money line. So it was awesome. And you put me on that too. So shout out to you on that. Appreciate it. I got yeah. some money on that one. <laughs> no worries. And so the last one, so let's see what do we have up. Um, so the next up was really fishy. Uh, you know, say what you say, Jessica Penne somehow won a decision victory versus Lupe Godinez. Uh, please go watch the fight. She, Jessica Penne got thrown around like a linguine noodle. I mean, I don't know how they, they didn't score those throws to the ground as damage uh, compared to a little bit of back riding time that Jessica Penne had on Lupe um, it was super, super fishy. I can't believe that after like three, four years off that Jessica Penny even got the decision victory. But, um, you, you know, it, it's it's just really bad judging in, in this sport, man. They really need to get a hold on it. Like these these judges have they knew nothing about MMA. And it's just really, really starting to, uh, you know, hurt the sport. And then every fight we're having shitty uh, decisions. You know, some guys, you know, there's two that have two and twenty nine, twenty eight scorecards. And the other guy's literally picking his nose while not watching the fight. He's got a 30-27 for one guy. How does two guys have a 29-28 and the other guy's got a 30-27? It makes no sense. Um, it's just terrible, the judging nowadays. But uh, shout out to Ryan Richardson in the chat, one of our sponsors uh, for Kansas City. Kick your bass on Twitter. One of the best pro, uh, pro fishermen there is over in Kansas City. So I uh, appreciate you always supporting. Marble Man, Primetime, uh, uh, Mr. Primetime, the OG, OG Papa Primetime is in the house. So uh, shout out to him, Mel B from Australia, Vanita Brielin. Uh, pleasure to have you in the house. Uh, Metal Tothen, sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, it's a tough name, but uh, either way, I appreciate each and one of you live. There's 80 of you. So, you know, with this, uh, what did you think about that, T? Did you see this fight? 
Yeah, I watched it. Um, I thought Gardenia's got the better of her. Um, uh, you know, I feel like she did more damage. Panay just like spied it all over, around it, didn't really do too much. Um, but it is what it is. It wasn't that great of a fight. Gardenia's kind of dropped the ball, so it's. I mean, she should have performed better, in my opinion. But I still think she won. But it is what it is. You could give yeah. it to uh, Panay if you want, whatever. Yeah, we no. didn't we didn't we didn't care too much because we didn't have a bet on it and uh so it didn't hurt us at all. But next up we did have a bet on was Alexander King Kong Romanov. He took on Juan Espino. And uh man, this fight lived up to a tie for about two rounds. And then in the third round, uh Juan Espino couldn't handle his uh his arsenal and threw a knee to my boy's balls and ended up kind of just uh ruining the fight. But if you ask me, you know, uh, personally, I don't give a damn. We cash bets. So uh, the point is, is that we got plus one units on uh, Ro Alexander Romanov for the MMA for Money show. So I'll take that money anytime. But if you ask the real, real me, the real Mike, if that fight was legit or not, I, I'm going to say it was iffy, bro. Because the fact is that uh, I don't like anyone that quits in the, in the third round. I don't like anyone that takes the short way out. But uh, you get hit in the balls by a big heavyweight and tell me how your nuts feel. And if you want to continue on. So it's it's easy to say that from the couch and over here behind the computer. But I personally know that getting kneed in the balls by like a oh. little kid doesn't feel good. You got to think too. You know how tired they were going into that third round. And then you get kneed in your balls. So, I mean, it sucks he didn't get back up. But I kind of, if, if it was a hard knee, it looked like it was on the money. I kind of get it. You know, especially being as tired as they are, being as big as they are. Him not being able to get up the groin area, all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So but it sucks. But, but he had a really good Alexander Romanov for being a big guy. He was displaying a really good get up game when he did get taken down by Espino. Um, don't get me wrong. He Alexander Romanov took Espino down first uh, and kind of controlled the first half of the fight, literally the first round and a half. But Espino uh, showed the savage he is with the Latin blood and came through and uh, you know just showed mad heart. But that fight was kind of kind of tied going into the third. We didn't get to see a third round, but uh, I guess the judges, they didn't like the fact that he low-blowed him. So it is what it is. Control your weapons at all times, my friends. So, But uh, next up on the card, we had our other bet was Luis Pena. Forgot, won a three-round decision versus Alexander Munoz. Man, uh, this fight was another if a really, really close fight, man. Uh, I would have liked it to have been more clear, but Luis Pena... Just he's just one of those guys that like likes to shadow box and dance in the ring, and instead of like throwing strikes, and it it gets a little too cocky. And so I I if they would have said Alexander Munoz won the fight, I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have cried too hard, especially uh, getting lucky earlier with uh, Alexander Romanov. The luck definitely uh, helped. So, but with this one, I, it was either way on this fight. And Luis Pena got a decision victory, cashed one unit for the MMA for Money show. So that was the both bets for the night, cash for the MMA for Money team. So. Two units, so 200 bucks for our team and all the subscribers. So shout out to you guys and the listeners who cashed those bets. Uh, what do you think about that fight, T? I'll take the win, but I'm kind of disappointed in uh, Pena. Um, I feel like Munoz could have could have got the decision there on that one, um, but they gave it to Pena, and I loved it. Um, he probably he took it over late. Um, that's how he wanted taking it over late. But I, I feel like he just underperforms. He plays around too much, man. I might be fading him next fight, especially if he fights somebody solid. Um, I'm probably going to fade him. It's just uh, just too much playing around. It's kind of like a Holland, you know, the same kind of deal almost. Like he, he's sitting there and he could just – I feel like he could kill his opponent and he just plays around. Yeah, we, we've gotten into this last on the last podcast. I'm tired of these <laughs> soft pro fighters, man. These guys are not going in there as gladiators anymore, trying to kill people. 
I know that sounds harsh. I know that sounds savage. But, dude, this is the UFC. When I go to the Coliseum and the Gladiator in Rome, I want to see people murking each other, okay? I want to see you elbowing each other in the face till no one's there. Some of these guys are going in there just to get a paycheck and get through three rounds. And it's, it's just sickening, and you could see it in them. But Luis Pena definitely had many times where he could have thrown combos, failed to do it. Could have thrown knees, failed to do it. So I'm definitely going to be fading him on the next fight. I, there's just no reason not to. He showed me nothing uh, other than the fact that he just likes to play games. And so he's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to haunt him soon down the road, especially versus a, a bigger, stronger wrestler than Alex Munoz was. But uh, shout out to Primetime himself, MMA for Money in the house. Uh, appreciate you being here, brother, as always. And Johnny, be good. Appreciate you here as well. Um, so, yeah, that, the, so either way, that was the second bet cash for the Made for Money show. Next up on the card was Tracy Cortez won a three-round decision versus Justine Quiche. And, uh, you know, there's nothing else much to say than Tracy Cortez pretty much just dominated the whole fight, uh, every aspect of it, and then won a decision. So the next up on the card was uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus ja- Jacob Malkoon. This was an interesting bout. I said that the negative 300 price tag was really, really steep on Razaka Al-Hassan. I mean, I like the guy, super explosive, but definitely not going to lay my money on it. And I said last week, it seemed sketchy. Jacob Malkoon absolutely dominated this fight for his first fight in the UFC. I cannot believe how well-rounded he was, especially his uh, jiu-jitsu game is super, super sick and slick. So shout out to Jacob Malkoon for the, that victory and uh, for taking on a, a tough guy like Alsan because uh, that's just, that's no joke. A lot of people wouldn't want to go and take that task on, and he did. So the second to last, the co-main event of the evening was Andre Arlovsky versus Chase Sherman. And Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky won a close decision uh, versus Chase Sherman. I mean, I I really thought that Chase Sherman won the fight. I, I'm going to be happy because I picked Arlovsky to win. And it continued on a pretty hot streak for the night for us. Uh, and so it, it's Andre Olavsky, you know, won a decision. And that, that is what it is. you have anything to say about that one, T? Uh, I feel like it was close. I, I feel like Orlowski won it, man. I, I feel like he beat him up. The, um, he won in the third round. And going into that one, it was kind of a toss-up. I feel like Sherman got him round one. And then Orlowski just took it over the last two, um, edged him out. But it was a close fight. Um, went the way I thought it would go. Um, you know, it <clears throat> is what it is. No worries. Well, yeah, like I said, like, the, the main event of the evening was our boy Robert Bobby Knuckles Whitaker. Uh, he took on Kelvin Gastelum in a five-round uh, main event, and he needed all five rounds to get that decision victory. I thought that he should have uh, possibly had the TKO KO at some point. He just was just far superior in every aspect of the standing game, and he's just so sharp, man. I mean – not only is he just a just a great mixed martial artist uh, in the game, but he's a great person and a great role model for your kids to look up to uh, as a martial artist. So I was stoked that he won. I hope he gets a, a fight versus Adesanya, but I don't know if anything different is going to happen in that rematch, even though I love me some Bobby Knuckles. What did you think about this uh, main event, T? Oh, yeah, he worked it, man. Um, he did exactly what I thought he would do. Um, I should have bet a money line, personally. I didn't. I took the KO. But Gaslam, I mean, give him his credit. He's tough, bro. He took a lot of beating. And Whitaker just, he just, like an assassin, just ran through him. Um, Gaslam hit him, but just, I mean, you saw it was like a clinic, stand-up clinic by Whitaker. So, and that's figured, I figured that's how it would go. Yeah, Good fight, so, though. 
with that said, uh, with the end of the night, then made for money team, we went two and oh, cash both bets. So plus two units, plus 200 bucks for the team and for the subscribers and for all you viewers. So I hope some of you guys cash those. And uh, next we have uh, the for the UFC this coming weekend. I, I'm an, is an absolute treat as always uh, when you get two brave men like these, two gladiators, two uh, just unreal mixed martial artists like Kamar Usman and Ma George Masvidal. UFC 261 features Usman versus Masvidal 2. Uh, man, they already fought one time, and that first time that they fought, Usman kind of just, uh, you know, showed his superior wrestling. And, and that's something that's an Achilles heel for George Gamebred. It has been even uh, going back to him training with uh, Colby Covington. So I, I really don't know, as much as I love me some George Gamebred Masvidal, I don't know exactly what he's going to to do, you know, he I, he could train. He called in a bunch of great wrestlers, and he's training with you know amazing ones at that. But in such a short time, you can't you can't put in that many years experience that Kamar Usman has or the gas tank. So I mean, I'm gonna be rooting George Masvidal on, but with Usman you know, dominating the first fight, it's the second fight's gonna be very interesting. But at least this time, uh, Masvidal has a full camp, so we'll give him the the credit on the uh, short fight, the no, short notice fight last time. And so this time uh, I expect a little bit better. But um, first fight of the night we have on the early prelims is Ariani Karnalasi, 12 and 2, negative 165 versus Na Liang, 15 and 4 on the plus 135 comeback. Um, this is going to be very interesting, man. Uh, Na Liang is one of, is one the first fighter, male or female, out of the UFC PI Performance Institute over in China. So I'm very very curious to see her. Um, in the UFC because I don't feel like they're way, putting that much time and training into this uh, female if she's not the real deal. She's coming off of four, win, four wins. She's 24 years old. Um, she's won her last three fights by stoppage, two of them by armbar, uh, the third to last by a TKO KO. But she does have a padded record. And padded record, if you don't know, on the MMA for Money show is when your opponent's uh, records look like absolute garbage. Her last opponent was 0-0. Yeah, crickets. The next one was two and zero. Oh. Yeah, that's weak. And the other one was two and two. Yeah, uh, that's not a good record. So um, I'm I'm gonna say that uh, I like her though. She's five nine, sixty seven point three inch reach. She's gonna have the size advantage uh, big time versus Carnalasi, who's I believe uh, five one, five two, twenty eight years old. She's gonna have the so she'll be have the size advantage and the reach and everything on uh, Carnalasi. But Carnalasi has. The experience factor in that, in the sense, she last fought Angela Hill, and that was her, that was her UFC debut, and she lost the doctor stoppage in round three. So that's pretty respectable in the sense of it was a cut. It wasn't like she got you know TKO KO the death from Angela Hill, but Angela Hill does throw some vicious elbows, and you can get caught with one of those. So the cut is uh, is understandable. Uh, before that, she's coming off of uh, you know just a bu bunch of win streak, but we'll only go with the last three. Last three of uh, Carnalasi was Caitlin Suoza was eight and one. Um, so that, you know, she beat her with a body kick in round three. So I, that's at least a decent opponent. The one before that was six and three. And now that, that's when it gets suspect. And then it's two and one. So we have two very suspect chicks going in there to fight each other. The size advantage is going to go to the to Chinese fighter, the 13th century warrior, um, Nai Liang. And I think that uh, she's, I, I really like her. I think she's going to end up pulling off this victory here. I think that she is using the PI Performance Institute to her fullest. For the first time ever, she doesn't have to worry about going home to make a meal 
every meal is prepared for at the UFCPI. So with that said, like, I don't know if you, you know, as a professional, just in, in life, if someone was making and preparing my meals every night, that would cut a lot of time off my night. And so that would save me a lot of stress. And so I think that's really going to show with Na Liang, even though she has the padded record, I was almost about to pick her as a bet, but um, you know, it's a little too low class women's MMA. I think the Naliang wins. She's an underdog here. So if you do like her, she can cash that bet. Uh, you have anything to say about that fight, T? Um, yeah, when I look through uh, every Nia Lang, Na Lang, everybody that she fought that was tough, it looked like she lost to. So uh, I couldn't I couldn't pull up too much about um, Carl Lassi either. So um, I'm probably just stay away from this fight. Um, I don't trust either one. I'm just gonna see how how this fight goes. Um, but next up on the card, after that, we've got um, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Molina versus Ariel Keelang. Um, it's a tough matchup here, too. Both fighters are pretty evenly matched. Um, they, uh, they're both making their UFC debuts as well. Um, Molina's a younger fighter, and he's got a bit more upside, in my opinion. So, me personally, I'd probably lean Molina. Uh, what you think about this one, Mike? So this fight's going to be super interesting. Jeffrey Molina versus Quailing Aori. Jeffrey Molina comes out of a very interesting camp called Glory MMA, which is the fighting coaches James Kraut, James Kraus, and also has other fighters like uh, Grant Dawson, Tim Elliott, and uh, many other great uh, MMA fighters. So I really like the Jeffrey Molina. I think that he is he, he's, uh, quite the prospect. He's been talked about by everyone. Everyone's known of him for a while. It doesn't matter what podcast you listen to or what interview. They've been talking about Jeffrey Molina, but Quailing Aori is no joke. He's 18 and six. He's coming out of China. So shout out to the Chinese 13th century warriors. As I said, he's 27 years old. Um, he's coming off of uh, three, three wins or more than three wins, but I'll go over the last three. The last one, he won by TKO KO in round two. And it was you know, versus a guy who was five and one. So at least the guy was somewhat decent. The other guy before that, he won a decision five and the guy was five and three. And before that, he won uh, a four a guy that was four and four. So that's when it gets kind of suspect. But he's going to have the size advantage uh, on. He's just going to have an inch of reach advantage. No wrong fight. So either way, he's going to. I I link Quayori. He's just he's really really heavy handed. He stands on his lead leg though, so he can be chopped down by kicks or taken down easily. So I that's my that's my worry with him. I just don't know if uh, if he could be trusted in that sense. So but take with, with as you do. Next up on the card, we have uh, Yang Zhu, who's 13 and 3. He was negative 250 versus Kazula Vargas, who's 11 and 4, plus 200 at the time of writing this. Uh, Rong Zhu, uh, coming out of China, another great, great fighter. I, I just think that uh, just a lot of these guys are just amazing, man. Uh, his striking is just really good, man. They're, they're tough, tough dudes. He's coming off 10 wins in a row. He's 5'11, he's 72 inch reach, and he's only 21 years old. He's going to be fighting uh, Rodrigo, Rodrigo Vargas, who's 11 and 4, and he's 35 years old. He's 5'8 and a 71 inch reach. This, this, is, this is a weird one, man. I, I don't see why the UFC would be, would be showcasing the Asian fighter here versus the 35 year old if they wanted him to lose. So I'm thinking that uh, this is a spot for Zhu Rong to come here and uh, showcase his skills. I think that the money line was just a little too steep. That's why I didn't fire. No, he's not. He's an underdog. So. Either way, uh, yeah, no, he is, the, he is the favorite. Yeah, he was a little too steep, so Zhu Rong, I couldn't fire on it, but I really do like him. I think he's going to win that fight. I think he's younger, stronger, has better uh, just an all-around game. And so what do you think about that one, T? 
Yeah, Zoo hasn't faced much my competition. He's unproven, but he's the up and comer, so I'm right with you. Um Vargas his his record's unimpressive. He doesn't get it um he doesn't get finished often. So um I was looking at the distance here that was plus one fifty five fight goes a distance, or looking at um maybe Zoo by decision. But uh after that one we've got Dana Betgaral versus Kevin Natvidad. Um, Bakarol, he's finished all his wins. Navidad formerly fought in the IFA. He's had de- decent competition. It's a close fight. I'd go with the dog if I was going to bet it here. Uh, if you're looking to take Bakarol, I'd probably take it in ITD. What you thought about? What you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be a really good fight. It's gonna be uh, Kevin Navidad, who's nine and two. He's 28 years old. He's on a one fight lo- uh, losing streak. He's five six with a 70 inch reach. I, I, he's coming off a L to Miles John, though, which was a vicious uppercut in round three that sent him uh, down to the floor and uh, s- s- kissed his night goodbye. So I, that's uh, that's really sketchy to me. I, it wasn't that long ago. It was only what six months ago or less. It was in October. So I, I don't I don't trust his chin versus a guy like Dana Baccarel. I think that Dana's eight and two. He's super super strong, man. I mean, if you look at his body, bro, he's just built like a little brick. Uh, 31 years old, 5'7", 70 inch reach. He's on a one fight win streak. He's coming out of Jackson and Wink MMA over in New Mexico. So a shout out to Jackson and Wink. He's coming off of, uh, like I said, a wins versus uh, Guido Canetti, who was a, a good fighter. He was a left hook in round one that sent him to the ground. Um, before that, he lost one fight, a unanimous decision. And then before that, he won a rear naked choke versus a guy with basically no record. So we're seeing a lot of these uh, Asian dudes that don't have a very strong record. And so that's where it, it just, it's just hard to, to place a bet on someone like that. But I think that uh, Dana Baccarel is going to finish him by, uh, by TKO KO. Almost all of, his fight, all of his fights, I believe, are by stoppage. And so I believe that Dana is going to be uh, the one to take it here. And so next up on the card, we have – or this is UFC, huh? <clears throat> all right. Yeah, we got uh, – I'll get it. It's Tristan Conley versus um, Patrick Sabatini. Uh, Conley should be motivated in this fight. Uh, he's fighting off a long layoff. Uh, he had neck surgery, so he's got a good shot as a dog. I'm leaning Sabatini, but I don't want to lay the juice, so I'm, I'm most likely going to pass because I feel like Conley could sneak up and do something here. Um, but what you think about it, Mike? Yeah, this is interesting. Connolly's actually going down in weight class uh, after a car accident. He, he's you know just found himself just a little bit lower on weight and figured he'd test the waters down in the 145 after fighting in 155. So he, the only thing for him here is that he's going to have is, the, I believe, the size advantage. Um, other than that, I don't like hearing about anyone having a neck injury or any type of car accident. I've been in a motorcycle accident myself, and I know that just your body changes after a, a little bit of nerve damage or you sustain an injury to your spine or your body in general. So as much as he wants to tell me in interviews that he's fine and dandy and everything went smooth, um, I'm, I'm going to have to have him prove that to me. So I think Sabatini is uh, the rightful favorite here. The negative 230, though, yeah, that's steep. If you do like a dog here, Connolly can win this fight. Um, he, he certainly will be the bigger man, in my opinion. So for plus 185 versus the negative 230, Pat, uh, Patrick Sabatini, I think that there is a, there's a path for Connolly. But I just don't like coming off of the, you know, the, the car crash, then dropping down, you know, weight classes for an experimental debut. Uh, I'm just not sure quite what we're going to get. But the 145-pound Sabatini has been in the 145-pound featherweight division. And he's going to, you know, just you know what you're going to get from him in that sense. So, but negative 230 is a little bit steep, in my opinion. 
All right. Well, next on the card is our first bet of the night. It's uh, going to be Carl Roberson, who's nine and three, plus one hundred five versus Brendan Allen, fifteen and four at the negative one thirty five comeback. I mean, man, I'm a big fan of Brendan Allen. He's young. He's strong. He has a really, really good jujitsu game. I believe he's a black belt in Brazilian jujitsu now, and I, I just love, love his sub game. He's super, super tough. He's, you know, he, he took an L to Sean Strickland, which, you know, Sean Strickland is, is a tough, tough dude. He really didn't even want to take that fight because he, he uh, took an Ian Heinish fight before that, got canceled, and then had to change plans, and then really mentally was uh, checked out and wanted to go back to his family after training for so long. But uh, this is the UFC, and you have to call be called on at any time. So Sean Strickland was about that that night and uh, put his lights out. But the point is that uh, I do really like uh, Brendan Allen. He's 6'2", he's got a 75-inch reach, and he's only 25 years old, man. Carl Roberson, he's only 9-3, and three. he's 30 years old, he's 6'1", and he got a 74-inch reach. So he's going to have a size disadvantage versus Brendan Allen. And one of my favorite things ever, like last week I told you, Fabinski is a tap, tap, tap Might as well get out those tap dancing shoes because this guy's got the same problem. Uh, Roberson loves to tap. He's tapped versus Marvin Vittori, rear naked choke, round one. He has tapped versus Glover Teixeira, round one. He has tapped versus Cesar Ferreira, round one. So you know what I'm getting at? My boy, Brendan Allen's going to dominate him in round one. Now, nah, and it could be round one, but it possibly could be. I'm going to be betting Brendan Allen here. I'm going to be putting one unit down on the money line at the negative 135 money line. And I'm also going to be putting a half unit flick on the submission by Brendan Allen. I believe it's plus 200 right now, right, T? Yep, plus so 200. At the plus 200, I think it's an absolute gift for a guy that's shown himself to be a tapper. So I'm going to be rolling with the younger, stronger, better at jiu-jitsu guy who doesn't tap, tap, tap a So let's go, Brendan Allen. What do you think about that one, T? Yeah, I like the pick here. Uh, Allen, you know, he's got some really impressive wins. Roberson's, he's a, he's a solid fighter with some upside, but I, I trust Allen to get it done here. And it, I think they got some beef between camps. Roberson used to be in his camp, and he got kicked out or he left, and – now they're throwing Brandon Allen at Robertson. I, but I like Allen here, so I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. I'll be laying that and, and hoping he gets the sub along with the money line. Uh, after after this fight, we've got Dwight Grant versus Stefan Sekulik. Dwight Grant, he's coming out of Alliance camp. He trains with Cruz and Stevens. We, uh, Mike loves Cruz. So, uh, Sekulik, solid, mm -hmm. he's a solid fighter, and he's younger. Grant's got more experience, but the price is too high. I'd probably go Grant decision in this fight. What do you think about it, man? Oh, man, uh, Dwight Grant, 10-3, uh, 265 on, on his money line, and versus Stefan Stekulik, who's 12-3, plus 210. Uh, yeah, Dwight comes out of uh, the infamous Alliance MMA down in San Diego uh, by the coach, the famous coach, Eric Dela del fiero so shout out to eric and all the boys down there and so yeah he, he does he's got a bunch of good training partners does the dwight grant and so with that he's, he's got a lot of experience uh coming with those coaches and and whatnot but i mean don't get it twisted this isn't like a, a an easy lock of the night uh stefan stakulik is uh you know only coming he's coming off a loss for it's a decision so it's not like he uh you know got dominated but ramon ramazan Amiv. Who so was absolutely amazing, dominated him in a, a unanimous decision. So you can't even really hate on him for that loss. Uh, and then before that, he won two in a row on a guillotine choke round one, round two. Uh, Dwight Grant is the type of dude to me who could possibly tap. 
I'm not saying he's going to, but this is this is going to be one of those weird ones. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dwight Grant. Obviously, he's the favorite, and the, and it's no it's like ooh no what no kidding, real Mike. But I I think the Stefan could pull off a sub if he gets it deep. He looks like he loves that guillotine choke, and so if he wants to be about that life, he he can get that in and and, and get that done. So um, it, it's gonna be interesting to see who gets off their game plan first. But next up on the fight is going to be super, super interesting. It's Alex Oliveira, who's 12 and 22 and 9, plus 135 on his money line versus Randy Rude Boy Brown, 12 and 4, negative 165 on the comeback. So either way, uh, the, the if for those of you who don't know the odds, negative 165 means you got to throw 165 bucks to make 100 on Randy Rude Boy Brown, and the odds for Alex Oliveira is plus 135. You got about 100 bucks to win 135. So for those you don't aren't familiar with betting, uh, that makes it a little bit more simple on why I'm spouting off those numbers. But Alex Oliveira was a former bullfighter, super athletic dude who kind of just does uh, use his athleticism and his toughness to get this far. Randy Brown is really athletic and has trained more martial arts than Alex Oliveira has, in my opinion. He's got the higher ceiling. I believe Alex Oliveira has peaked. And so I, I really believe this is a spot where Randy Brewboy Brown uh, – can actually dominate Alex Oliveira. Alex Oliveira loves to come and, and smash like a gladiator, like I do like to see. So there could possibly be fireworks here, and Randy Rude Boy Brown could get a finish. So if you like him, you could bet on his money line or him by inside the distance possibly because these two boys are going to come to fight. What do you say about these two, T? Yeah, Brown's in his prime. He's the younger, taller fighter. Olivier, he's got more experience, but he's, he's super inconsistent, man. You don't ever know if he's going to show up or not. So I, I lean Randy Brown here. I, I'm probably going to bet him a personal bet. Uh, depends on how, how the juice looks when we get to Saturday. But we'll see. I, I like Randy Brown here too. Nice. Well, with that said, that does all the, that's all the prelims for the card. And so we can finally get into the main card of the evening. We have Anthony Lionheart Smith, 34 and 16, plus 160 on his, on the, on his betting line versus Jimmy Crute, 12 and 1, negative 200 on his line. So this is going to be super interesting. Uh, Anthony Smith is no joke, man. I mean, he, I think because we've seen him actually get abused a lot, we forget how good his all-around mixed martial art game is. But, uh, man, he's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's really, really strong on the feet. He's uh, got the heart of a lion, uh, no pun intended. And so I just uh, – I, I actually like Lionheart Smith here versus Jimmy Crute. And I like Jimmy Crew. I like his uh, ground and pound game. He's definitely the type of dude who, if he gets on top of Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith is going to be losing some teeth. So um, Jimmy Crew's 12 and 1. He's uh, 25 years old, 6'2", and a 72-inch reach coming off of two wins. Last two, he's finished them. One by punches, Modeskas Bukaskas. He beat, but it was 11 and 2. And then Michael McCall Olozechek. He won by Kamor in round one. So it's showing a diverse game. But then before that, he lost to Misha Surkinov by Peruvian necktie in round one. So when he faced his toughest competition, he, he got submitted in round one. So I, I can't trust Jimmy Crute versus a guy like uh, Lionheart Smith. So I'm going to pick Lionheart Smith here to win. I think that the plus money, it's an absolute gift. I have a rule here on the MMA for Money show that I like to bet the vet versus the, the, vet versus the newcomer. And I don't mean the vet like Diego Sanchez versus uh, someone that you know is going to beat him to hell. But a vet, as in someone who's got way more experience and has still got something, some juice in this game. And I think the juice in this game that Anthony Smith has is a jujitsu realm. And I think that he could possibly get the back of Jimmy Smith or get him in a sub. Um, but 
I, I really do. I like Jimmy Crute, and I think he could pound Anthony Smith's teeth out. But like I said, the money line's just not warranted. I think it's more of a pick em, but we'll see on, on Saturday. What do you think about this one, T? Yeah, I agree that the line's off. Uh, Crute, he finishes his fights, though, so I, I like that. I don't know if he could finish Anthony Smith. I mean, he might. We'll see. Uh you know, he, he won his last fight, Smith, that he needed that win big time. But, I mean, we saw him get pounded before that, like, bad. So, uh, lost a racket, too. So, he's got a lot of miles on him. Um, I, I got to go crude here. Uh, I, I would leave it alone. But I agree that the line's off in this one for sure. Uh, but after that, um, we've got Uriah Hall versus Chris, Chris Weedman. Uh <laughs> Weidman's still fighting. I can't believe it. I, I I didn't even know he was still in the UFC to be honest. So when I saw it, I was like, I, you know, I, I'm going Hall here. I'm probably not. I'm not gonna bet it. I'm just gonna watch it. Uh, I might take it live once I see uh, what Weidman's got when the fight starts. But uh, what you think about this one, man? Yeah, this is gonna be super interesting. Uh, Uriah Hall, seventeen and nine, negative one ten on the betting line, negative one ten on the betting line for Chris Weidman, who's fifteen and five. Chris Weidman is obviously a legend. He's been in the sport for a long time. But, dude, he's over the hill and gone. I mean, his best his best thing is his jiu-jitsu once again. So his only path to victory here is uh, by submission, in my opinion. So if you do like Chris Weidman, I believe that he could possibly win by submission only. But Uriah Hall's got power. He's younger. He's stronger. He, he's shown you how explosive he is. And I think that if uh, Chris Weidman stands flat-footed, or shoots in lazily, he'll catch a knee to his face or a spinning back kick to his, his body or his solar plex or his chin. Who knows? But I think that Chris Weidman's going to end up on his back like a gladiator should be, and Uriah Hall's going to end up dominating his ass with the TKO KO finish and standing over him like a real gladiator does. So with that said, the next on the card is the, is the first title shot of the night. We have my lady, if I didn't have a lady, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. 19 and 3, who's negative 500 versus Jessica Andrade. 21 and 8, plus 350. I, mean, I don't know who to get in first, but uh, I, I'll dig into Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade, super, super explosive, strong. She's like a little Hulk, Tasmanian devil, pit bull uh, with a big right hand. But she only has a right hand. That's all she has is a big, big right hand. So she's got a, and she has a big take and a big takedown game. But her body is super muscular, and she's gonna have she's gonna get she gets gassed, and that gas ends up with lactic acid in your muscles, and you end up being able not to perform as well. And with a girl like Valentina, who's gonna have five rounds to literally circle and dance around that ass, I just don't know what Jessica Andrade is gonna do to her. Uh, she's gonna have about one round, maybe two, of explosiveness, but then she's gonna fade away like a dim light bulb from the 1918s or 1930s, wherever it was made. The point is, is that I believe that Judge Valentina Shevchenko should win here. Obviously, why there's a negative 500 uh, price tag on her. But, you know, it's going to be super exciting. I hope that uh, Valentina can implement her game plan and circle away from the power Andrade. But it's going to be, the first round's going to be fun as shit. So make sure you tune in for that ladies fight. It'll be super, super exciting. What do you think about that one, T? Yeah, it's a, I mean, Andrade's got that right hand. That's basically her only path to victory. I don't think she's got a shot. Valentina ain't going to lose to her. She's too good. She's too technical. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but I don't think she's got a chance in hell, to be honest. I, I think uh, Valentina's just going to run through her and just show that she's a she's you know the only person that can beat her is Nunez. 
Yeah, pretty much. She's she's not losing. Valentina for life, baby. So uh, with that said, we're all team Valentina here. Yep. All right. Well, next up on the card, we got uh, Zhang Wale versus Rose Namajunas for the title. Uh, Zhang, she'll be ready to roll. Uh, she'll be an entertaining fight. But uh, I think Zhang's got too much of an edge in the power department in the stand-up here. I think she's going to win. Uh, Rose, I mean, she's tough, though. You, you can't ever counter out. She'll be a pretty entertaining fight where they go back and forth, but I, I'm leaning Zhang here. What you think, man? Uh, shout, out, shout out to Ryan Richardson, who says, uh, talk nice about my girl Rose. Ah, oh, man. Uh, I don't know about that. The point is, is that Wiley Zhang, she's an absolute monster. The champion, she has vicious, vicious leg kicks, uh, kicks in general. I, I really, really like her. I was thinking about putting her out as a bet for uh, tonight. But uh, it's just Rose is sneaky, man. She has a really, really good jujitsu game. She's tough as could be, too. She's she's not peaked in the sense all the way. But mentally, Rose has peaked a long time ago. I, I just don't – she's not a fighter fighter. If you put these two in an alley, uh, in my alley theory, Rose Namunas versus Whaley. Whaley would munch her up all day and make some uh, food out of her. So I really think that uh, Whaley Zhang is the real deal. I think that her kicks are absolutely unreal. I think that this is going to be a little bit of uh, – looks like some abuse between uh, two women. And I think that Whaley Zhang could just absolutely batter the front leg of uh, such a soft, sweet girl like Rose. I think she can knock her down on her, uh, off her lead leg so easily. But she does have a really good jiu-jitsu game, so we got to look out for that. I don't want to discredit uh, Thug Rose. She's 9-4. and four. Um, She's faced uh, some of the best in the world, like uh, Joanna Janjacek, who she's won two times. Uh, she's faced Andrade, you know, who's a little monster. So... I mean, she's, she's faced, a, uh, you know, a bunch of really good athletes. But I don't think that this is it for or This is the spot for Rose to cash. I really believe that Weili Zhang is the real deal and she's going to end up uh, keeping her belt that night. And China's going to keep uh, keep rolling with their champion because she is an absolute specimen. And so I, I'm just a big fan. So Weili Zhang there, I'm, I'm rolling with her by de devastation and domination, whether it's uh, TKO, KO or... Uh, decision, but I think the decision at a plus one sixty is a, is a gift. So if you like her, plus one sixty on the on the decision prop is a very very good uh, money uh, spot to get a negative two hundred uh, favorite champion at that. So all right, last but not least on the card we have the main event of the night: Karmaru Usman, eighteen and one, negative three sixty one on the money line versus George Masvidal. 35 and 14 plus 285 on the comeback for my boy George Gamebred. Well, I've been a George Gamebred fan since ever since, man. I've uh, got his Easy Money Tour shirt. I've supported him since the very beginning. I'm a huge fan. My brother's old teammate and roommate, uh, Toby Imada, was the one who landed the inverted triangle on him uh, standing. So I, I, I just I know a lot about him and I have for a long time. And so I just really respect George Moswell a lot. I think he's the real deal when it comes to fighting. But when it comes to MMA and it comes to like a, an overall game plan and smarts and then the wrestling of Kamar Usman, that Usman wrestling is no joke, man. And if you've ever been on the mats jujitsu-wise or wrestling-wise, when someone has it on you, they have it on you. There's not, it's not coming back, bro. Especially wrestling. There's not, you got you to make up a lot of years, and you're just not going to be able to do it in this amount of short time span. But last time George Masvidal took this on short notice, he showed a decent performance, which Usman couldn't get him out of there. So if, if it is true and that he really did need to train with some world-class wrestlers like he brought in, then I'm really stoked to watch George Masvidal come in this weekend and, and put on a performance. But with that said, 
Uh, UFC Africa is going to happen. They know this, and this is kind of an easy money fight, sadly, for Kamara Usman. Uh, he picked it. He knew that it was going to make him some money. It was a big name on George uh, Gamebred. And, uh, you know, he feeds his family throughout the year. So uh, shout out to him for taking it and lining that up. But uh, I just think that Kamara Usman, wrestling is going to be too much. The gas tank, uh, the Achilles heel of wrestling, the, of George Masvidal that he's had is is never is never going to come to fruition. And so, sadly, I'm going to pick Kamara Usman to win by a five-round decision, just like he did last time. What do you say about that, T? Yeah, I'm wondering what kind of tricks Masvidal is going to pull out here. Uh, he's fought him again. I mean, he's fought him once already, so this is a rematch. And, you know, Masvidal is a crafty dude. So he's got to be thinking, you know, he's got to be thinking something like, I, I gotta, I'm got i going to do this this time. That. So I'm interested to see how the fight will go. I think Usman, he's going to get it just logically. He's just, Usman's a beast. So if Masvidal can't KO him, Usman's going to get the decision or, or he'll, put him down in the mat and beat his ass or something like that. It's probably what's going to happen. But I, I definitely want to watch this fight just to see what Masvidal comes with because I like the guy, too. He's, he's fun to watch, you know? Yeah, certainly. He's super exciting, and both these guys are going to bring it. But uh, Usman's going to implement that wrestling and make it a little bit more boring than uh, we yeah. might want to see it. But, I mean, that's his game. That's the He's got to do it as a champ. Uh, GSP did it, too, when he went on his title run. He had to, you know, got he went from finishing to decisions, and it's because you're facing just world-class monsters, and it's just crazy. But it's going to be super exciting main event. Make sure to tune in. There will be some really, really good fights. With that said, our bets for the night, we are going to have Brendan Allen at the money line for one unit at the negative 135 money line, and we'll have uh, half a unit, 0.5 units, on the submission prop at plus 200. That will be our two bets for the card. So I wish you guys all the best of your degenerate fun. And if you guys also uh, tune in to us, uh, we all like to talk about crypto and stock advice. Uh, we're not going to get too deep in tonight, but cryptocurrency uh, is, is a little bit on sale right now, in my opinion. So uh, you can one, buy this dip. Make yeah. sure you buy this dip. If you're buying crypto, get yeah. you should have been buying over like over the weekend. But um, yeah, if, well, it's still can still get it. Still, I mean, Bitcoin's still down, but 10k from its high. So you guys are still getting a percentage down, even if you entered in Bitcoin. But uh, right now, I, I Chainlink link is a data. They're gonna they're gonna be used for data, and it's gonna be super huge in the future. So Chain, chain link under forty dollars is pretty much a gift yeah. to you and guys. The, so the, buy and, it. And we're and, to, and we're not but again we're not professional traders. And our opinion is our opinion, and we just you know we have just made a lot of money off crypto. So just take that for what it is. As this is a betting and degenerate fun channel, I don't need anyone crying to me river about why they didn't make enough money in, in about three oh, weeks. But nah, Chainlink chain link, chain link and Link is the coin to get right now. L-I-N-K, Link. I promise you, you'll thank me in the future. Thank the MMA for Money team. Make sure you go to MMA4Money.com. Get yourself a NASCAR package or a premium subscription package for all sports. Primetime MMA for Money himself is the absolute man. Like I said, cashed on NASCAR on Saturday. And on Sunday, we were so damn close. We got second and third, but we should have had first if it wasn't for the restart and we had a lot a, a long track race car instead of the short track so we just you know fate wasn't with us for the double back-to-back -back days but make sure you go to mma4money.com get yourself a package and support the team but i can't with that said i can't thank all of you uh tuning in the 133 of you live who supported i appreciate all the awards that you've given me thank you lynn for the appreciate award i appreciate each and every one of you support the mma for money show and make it what it is we really really can't thank you enough and so Shout out to, once again, all the HAPS friends. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, RSS feeds, 
and uh, make sure to make yourself a HAPS profile because it's the future. And with that said, guys, let's roll.